0: Okay, if you have a Bible with you, please open it to Exodus chapter 20. I'll, I'll give you a heads up ahead of time. We're going we're to be a lot of, lot of different texts today, so it might be easier to follow along on the screen. Um, but yeah, our main text is Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It's the fifth commandment, everyone's favorite. And, um, and just, just before we get going on that, um, I wanted to do a little pre-work. About the Ten Commandments because we can make a bad mistake thinking that the Ten Commandments are ten things I have to do well enough so that God loves me and gives me eternal life that's not what the Ten Commandments are that it it never was not Old Testament not New Testament this this was not the qualifying test that you have to score 90% on to get into heaven that's not what they are they also are not a way to move the needle on God's love for you okay God loves you 100% because you're his child and made in his image, regardless of your performance. Here's what the Ten Commandments are. It's an answer to the question, how am I supposed to live? It is God giving guidance because he loves us. It is a grace from God that we actually get instruction on how to walk in ways that lead us into human flourishing and, uh, and, and better relationship with one another. So let's pray, and then get going. All right. Father God, I pray right now that your word would speak to your people. That um, if I would say something that's out of accord with your word, that you would protect your people from it, and that your Holy Spirit would use your word to transform us to be more like your son Jesus. Amen. Um, I'm a child of the... Well, 70s, but uh, you know, I was part of youth culture in the 90s. A couple of you were, and what uh, the rest of you were missing out on, uh, if you were not part of 90s youth culture, is a fantastic TV show called The State. Anybody? The State. Jonathan. The State it was on MTV. Take off, my boy. Mark knows the state. Mark and I like uh, all the same stuff. And, uh, and so the state was a sketch comedy show. Uh, a lot of the actors went on to sort of bigger and better things. And if you saw them, you'd be like, oh, they were on the state. Yes, they were. So they had a recurring character on the state uh, named Doug. And Doug was like this long-haired slacker who just kind of had a, had a problem with all authority and especially parental authority. And, you know, his catchphrase, because all 90s characters had a catchphrase, and his catchphrase was, You don't understand. I'm Doug, and I'm out of here. Right? And, and, they, and just to make it extra hilarious, they gave him the most understanding, permissive dad in the world. Like, there was this one episode, his dad comes in, and he's like, Hey, Doug, what dad? he's like, hey, well, I, I found this in your drawer. What are these? He says, those are my cigarettes, Dad. I suppose you're going to send me to live with Grandma now. And his dad says, no, I was going to ask if I could bum one, actually. <laughs> and Doug's like, oh, so you think that you could bum a cigarette and everything's cool between us, but it's not because I'm Doug and you're Dad. And I'm out of here. It would be funnier if it wasn't true of our culture, that we have a dug culture. We have that kind of attitude towards prior generations. How many movies have you seen that the storyline is something like this? Young person rebels against the received wisdom of their culture and saves the day. They turn, it turns out the young person's right. I, right, Footloose, there's one. How to Train Your Dragon, I, Moana, you could tell I have kids because these are the movies I, I know the best. I like all those movies, but that, that is, like when was the last time you saw a movie where, where like youthful rebellion ended in disaster for the youth and they should have listened to their parents, right? The answer is none unless, unless you know, there's, there's some like 70 year old people that are gonna st- start making movies in Hollywood, you're not gonna see it. We are unique in human history. And that we believe wisdom is found among the young. It's Mark Zuckerberg saying, I think young people are just smarter. There was a a hippie saying, trust no one over 30. And that caught on. It's like, yeah, we know better. We're under 30. We are alone in human history. And by the way, the West is alone on planet Earth in rejecting the wisdom of our elders and thinking that, that, that the young, which, you know, basically, wh- what does it mean to be young? It means, like, not them, the people that are older than me, that the young are wiser. I've heard child psychologists on NPR and people, uh, you know, talk about y- the, the teenage rebellion as somehow a normal part of growing up. You know, hey, and then this is, at this age, you differentiate yourself from your parents by rebelling against them, rejecting everything they're about. You know how I know that's not true? It's because no one, no other culture in human history has thought that that was normal. Try that in Korea. Try that in Uganda. Dad, I'm not gonna, you know, like, that's (laughs) not happening. We are alone in human history in thinking that it is normal to reject the wisdom of our elders. And as a result because we are such a youth worshiping culture who think that wisdom is found among the young We lack wisdom surprise surprise You want to see our lack of wisdom? Open up social media and take a look at what people are saying. You're not going to see a lot of wisdom there Drive on I-70 on the weekends. You're not going to see a lot of wisdom there Go check out the halls of Congress and the Senate. Look at the people that we empower there is not two pennies of wisdom to rub together because we're a culture that has rejected the wisdom available to us. To say in our culture that something is old-fashioned, that's just what old people think, is to say it's wrong. Right? Have you ever realized that? Well, that's just what old people think. You only think that because you're old, as if that's a point against and when we say, well, this is what the young people are doing, this is what the young people are saying, we're like, oh, well, then that must be right. We're completely upside down with this. Let me ask you this. Are you wiser now than you were 15 years ago? Do you look back at yourself 15 years ago and say, I should listen to my 15 years ago self? <laughs> no, none of us do, right? You're like, what an idiot I was. I need to complete that thought. We all see where that goes, don't we? You're always an idiot to yourself 15 years in the future. What does that tell you? It tells you that our culture is severely upside down. And if I'm completely honest with you, it's not just that the culture is very Doug. I'm very Doug. All the things that Doug said, I said to my parents, I said to my principals and teachers, I thought I had it all figured out by the age of 14. And then I had it figured out anew at the age of 22. And the older I get, the more I realize just how foolish I am that I do need input, that I don't have the ability to figure things out on my own, and it's my job to cast down previous generations' wisdom. And also, like, the the fifth commandment, this is where it points us. God's vision of human life is that one generation would disciple the next generation. That's why, written right here into the, into the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, 12, it says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The idea here, why is this a commandment? It's because parents are a grace from God. Okay? And I already know that some of you Do not consider your parents to be a grace from God. We'll get there. But if we think about this, like the grace of God comes to us through God's word, through prayer, through worship, through communion. But you know what's a major way God's grace comes to us? It's through community. It's through other people, isn't it? I've been blessed by many of you guys. You've played a part in me becoming more like Jesus and hopefully the other way around. And we need each other, right? And when we think about God's design for the human, for, for human society, the primary vehicle of discipleship is supposed to be parent to child. I know that's not how it always works out. I hear, you, I hear your thoughts. Okay, but when we think about what parents are and do, they actually have a lot of the same. They they, they clearly do some of the same jobs that God does, just on a micro level. God's your creator, right? guess what? He used your parents to create you. You're not here without your parents. That is pretty darn godlike. Parents provide for you. God provides for you through your parents. God is our protector. Our parents are meant to be our protectors, right? So the way God meant human society to function is that parents would be a grace from God. When we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20 through 21, we get a vision of what this was supposed to be. It says, in the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Right? It's this, it's built right into God's law and setting up of society. There's supposed to be a passing down of the faith, a discipling from parent to child. Because parents are a grace from God. We need to honor our mother and father. And by the way, this doesn't just refer to biological parents. This would refer to anyone who has a hand in our raising and discipleship. Some of you were not raised by biological parents. You were raised by grandparents. You were raised by uncles, adopted parents, and the rest of it. And so whoever has raised you or discipled you counts as a parent, biblically speaking, and here's the but what about. No parent is perfect. Okay? There, a lot of us have sustained trauma and damage from our families of origin. And God knows that. But you still can see how the design for humanity, when it works right, parents are meant to be a grace from God. And so the first question is, yes, no parent is perfect. We all end up on the psychiatric couch because of our parents. It, it's just... It comes with the territory. But that doesn't mean your parents batted a zero. That's a sports term for not hitting the ball at all, okay? For not doing a good job at all, for doing a zero job. No parent does a zero job, and I'm sure that we can come up with examples that are near zeros, I know. But we need to look for the grace available to us in the parents we have. And by the way, I also recognize that some parents didn't parent you at all. Some of us were abandoned or abused. You were not protected. You were not taught about God. You were not shown any kind of positive example. And so it is other people that have come into your life that have been more parents to you than your parents. I hear you and honor them too. Okay, We'll we'll talk more about what to do with parents that really did not parent. So... The way we're going through all Ten Commandments is thinking of them as a dartboard, okay? And credit to my my friend and mentor, Bill Connors, for coming up with this analogy, but it's really helpful. The Ten Commandments uh, tell us mainly where the wall is, right? Do not murder is the extreme breaking of the value of the dignity of the human being. Just because you don't murder somebody doesn't mean you've honored the dignity of, of the human being. Just because you don't cheat on your spouse does not mean that you have perfectly loved your spouse. Make sense? So when I play darts, I am intending to hit the bullseye. I never do. If I hit the board, super happy with myself. If I hit the wall, that is out of bounds. So most of the Ten Commandments tell us where the wall is. The Fifth Commandment tells us where the bullseye is. It's to honor your father and mother. So what does it mean to break this commandment? What does it mean to keep this commandment? What does it mean to perfectly fulfill this commandment? So to miss, to hit the wall, oh, I forgot the dartboard this time. You just had to imagine it. Uh, to, to, to hit the wall is to dishonor our parents. And that is expressed in three things. First of all, hate or disrespect. Look with me at Exodus chapter 21, verse 15. It says, whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Okay, so this is the extreme, this is the breaking version, this is the breaking of the fifth commandment. And this is not saying like a little kid is like, you know, gets worked up and hits their parent. Like like my my daughters have kicked me between the legs hundreds of times, I'm just picking them up and they're like, whoa, boom, oh, you have to die now. Like that's not, (laughs) not what's happening here. But this is talking about an adult child who honors his parents so little that he would do the incredibly disrespectful and humiliating thing of raising his hand against his parent. And if you think that that is a severe penalty for that, that might say more about you and how little we regard our elders than it does about the justice of the law. Just a thought. Um, so, So to hate or disrespect, also breaking the fifth commandment is rejecting our parents' guidance. Look with me at Romans chapter 1, verses 29 and 30. I actually don't have this verse, so I'm going to read it off of here. They were filled, this is Paul talking about how gloomy the human race is and how sinful. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil disobedient to parents and we're like one of those things is not like the other (laughs) which again tells us more about how we're conditioned by our culture every other culture in the world is like i'm not as worried about the others but disobedience to parents those are some dirty dogs you know disobedient here means that you don't listen to the counsel of your parents does this mean your parents are right about all things of course not but rejecting your parents' counsel out of hand is breaking the fifth commandment. And then lastly, to dishonor our parents is to abandon our parents in need. Look with me at Mark 7, 9 through 11. Jesus is having a argument with the Pharisees, and he calls out their hypocrisy. They're supposed to be zealous for the law. He says this, he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. Whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If a man tells his father or his mother whatever you would have gained from me as Corban that is given to God, you'd no longer allow him to do anything. What is the rest of the verse? No longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. Now Jesus isn't meaning to give a specific teaching on the fifth commandment. He's calling out their hypocrisy. You see, these guys had come up with a tradition that instead of giving money to support their parents financially, they were giving it to the temple korban, right? Sort of you lay it away. It's almost like a tax shelter until your parents die, then you go get it. I have my money back. So he's saying if you're not supporting your parents, that is a breach of the fifth commandment to honor your mother or your father. To dishonor them is to abandon them in need, and and th- 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 like the amount of the of this dishonor in our culture is simply shocking for those of you who are from more traditional households you you you've maybe been to a friend's house growing up like I, I was not super respectful to my parents but i had this one friend who you know like they had all this stuff they were very financially well off and he would literally just sit there playing video games and be like mom give me a hot pocket i'm hungry give me a hot pocket right now Mom, I'm taking your car. Honey, I was going to get my nails. can't get your nails done. Go to the swap meet. I need your car. And then she'd be like, Rai, Ry, Rai, you have to ask for things. Shut up, Mom. I need $20, right? Like, like I, I didn't respect my parents much, but I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> like, and that is, that is everywhere in our culture. Like, I, I'm sure we all have examples we can point to where, yeah, like Dishonoring our parents is almost considered normal, the breach of the fifth commandment. So if parents are God's grace, what does it look like to to not dishonor our parents, to stay off of the wall? Well, for kids, there are some in here, and adult kids, we need to be really careful about our speech and behavior towards our parents. You ever roll your eyes when your parents start talking politics? Do you ever get real impatient? Oh, you know that? <laughs> like, we, we need to watch that. That, that. that is dishonoring to our parents. Now, the, uh, another thing is that those of us who are parents or want to be parents, if you want your children to treat you with respect, guess what we need to do? We need to model what that looks like for them. Your kids will treat you how you treat your parents. And so you may say, but what if I wasn't discipled by my parents? Neither of my parents were Christians, so I didn't learn anything about God. But some of you were severely miseducated about God. You were taught that unless you are near perfect, God really hates you. You know? That, that if your performance isn't 100% at all times, then God is frowning upon you. That's a lie. And some of you were taught that by your parents. Do I ha- is it dishonoring to my parents... If I do not believe the teaching about God they gave me, that turned out to be unbiblical. Of course not. You are never obligated to follow someone against God's word. That goes for spouse, that goes for parent, that goes for leaders. Like, I don't have carte blanche to say whatever comes into my head, folks. I have to preach from the word of God or you don't have to listen. Make sense? It is God's word that matters and that is the, the grace of the that, that the, the, the reason parents are supposed, meant to be a grace is because they're supposed to teach you the truth about God. And the other thing is for some of you when I was saying to abandon your parent in, when they're in financial need is to dishonor your parent is you say, well, yeah, but what if my parent is abusive? What if what if I'm concerned about how they would further traumatize me or then traumatize my kids? Do I have to let an abusive parent live with me? Is that, is that how I honor? Well, let me ask you this. If, if you had a parent who's an alcoholic, do you honor them by giving them a drink? No, that wouldn't be honoring at all. So would it be honoring to an abusive parent to give them opportunity to abuse further? Uh, Of course not. Now that's not something we take lightly. It's not something we say, well, my parent was imperfect, therefore they're abusive. No, I'm not gonna take care of you, Ma. (laughs) Right? We wanna be very careful with that, but the answer is no, you do not have to allow an abusive parent uh, more opportunity to abuse. Okay. So that was the longest part. That's what it is to break it. What does it mean to keep it? What does it mean to get on the board? Well, it's to treat your parents with respect. You didn't hear me say, feel respect for your parents. Instead, to treat them with respect, to behave with respect, listen with respect, and care for them in their need. When I um, I was going to Alabama on a support raising trip and I was asking a friend who's from Alabama, because I'm from New York, I don't know what I'm doing in Alabama, and I say, hey, what do I need to know? And he said, oh, well, when you're sitting down with someone older than you, never disagree with them. You can't do that. i was like, really? Because in New York, like, disagreeing, it, argument is our Olympic sport. That's the only thing we, you know, <laughs> like, that, that's what we're good at, and he's like, no, no, you can't, uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter if they're, they're talking, com- if they're, like, denying that the moon landing happened, you have to be like, Yes, sir. Right? <laughs> and that really struck me. Not that, like, I realize that's a cultural expression and isn't, isn't necessary to obey the Bible, but I was struck by, like, okay, so even if you're not feeling feelings of respect, they say, well, you respect your elder anyway. I'm like, right on Alabama. That's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you could d- back that off a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> so I can... You know, hang out there, but, but uh, yeah, it's to like the beginning of obedience is doing things when you don't feel like it, right? Like, like d- if we only did what we feel like, could you imagine that world? I only respect my parents when I feel like respecting my parents. I only respect my elders when I when I'm feeling feelings of respect. I'm only faithful to my spouse when I, spouse when I feel like being faithful. That doesn't work. No, right? It's to It's too. Walk in obedience by respecting our parents, even if we have not, we're not feeling feelings of respect, and listen, even if they haven't earned your respect. I'm trying to make myself popular. Parents are a grace from God, and a lot of the time we are too immature and unwise to see how they are. So let's treat parents and elders with respect, even when we don't feel like it. So what's the bullseye? All right, get, the, get the, the tar and feathers ready. What is the bullseye of the fifth commandment? It is to treat parents like you treat God. Oh, you guys are all going to walk out now. No, I'm gonna back this up. That sounds nuts, but it is really, really solid biblically. Listen, the word for honor, honor your father and mother, it is the Hebrew word kabod. We've run into it a few times lately. And the, the word can also be translated glorify. It has a sense of treat something as weighty, as heavy. Do you know of the hundreds of times the word kabod is used as a verb, Do you know what the object of the verb is? Who you're supposed to kabod? There is one instance where it's the king of Israel. Every other instance is God. One exception, and it's right here. Kabod, your mother and father. It's to treat your parents like you treat God. Now, does that mean you sing worship songs to your parents? Kids, that might not be bad. No, I'm kidding. Father, I have written a song for you. <laughs> God, that was so funny. <laughs> so it is not to worship our parents and treat them as God in that sense, but to take them with weight, to give their words weight, to receive their teaching and guidance. There are many, many, like in the wisdom literature of the Bible, the Proverbs in particular. You know what the Proverbs are? It's a, it's a meditation on the law. And again and again in the Proverbs, this relationship of parent to child or of teacher to student uh, is, is, is talked about, right, like as the main thing a parent does is disciple us in the faith. Like Proverbs 3:1 through 2. It says, My son. Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. That sounds a lot like a reflection on this commandment, doesn't it? It, it, and, And so to treat our parents, to truly honor them, is to receive their teaching and guidance when they're discipling us in the faith. And by the way, parents who are not Christians do that too. There's a lot that I learned from my very imperfect parents that still applies. I was taught from my mother's knee that racism is really wicked. That was a message I received loud and clear from day one. Right? And that squares perfectly with biblical truth, even though my parents had never picked up a Bible. Okay? It's to receive their teaching and guidance. And also, it's to show reverence. Leviticus 19.32 says this. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. And you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. Isn't that interesting? How reverence for an elder is right in the same sentence as showing reverence for God. Picking up what I'm putting down here? To to hit the bullseye, which only Jesus has. Only Jesus has truly listened to his father's voice perfectly. But where we're aiming is to treat our parents like we treat God, and we will fail. (laughs) I'm I'm sure we're still going to sigh and roll our eyes when when our parents start expressing an opinion. That's going to happen. We will not do it perfectly, but we don't aim for the wall, do we? We try and aim for the bullseye, okay, to, to walk in faithfulness. Now, if parents are a grace from God, like who, who does this treat our parents like we treat God apply to? Like I said before, it is not only to our biological parents, but it does include them, whether they're Christians or not. Also, uh, it includes our spiritual parents. Paul often talks about the, the people he was discipling as his sons in the faith. To the Corinthians, he says, you have many fathers in the faith. This, this relationship... Of disciple, a discipler, and disciple fits into this commandment as well. And so, as uncomfortable as it makes me to say it, uh, it, it means that if someone is teaching you and discipling you from the Word of God, it, it's to receive that teaching. And uh, I, I can't even say it, show reverence. It feels so wrong, but my, mir- my beard's getting super gray. You guys are going to have to stand up when I walk in the room. Chris, too. I see you, bro. that that is not to say again that you receive things unquestioningly or or you know even when it's against the bible or you let someone else think for you that's not what it's saying it means you weigh their words if it's someone discipling you if it's a parent if it's someone who has raised you you give their words weight you listen you don't disregard and this also goes not just for people who are alive right now, but as I was saying earlier, this goes for, for the previous generations. You realize we only know about Jesus because there have been an active, faithful people of God on planet Earth translating, copying down the Bible, writing songs, doing theology, following Jesus, doing the work of God on Earth so that we can inherit it, Right? well, we would do well to pay attention and weigh the words of those who came before us. Because parents are a grace from God. One of my favorite ancient examples of what this looks like, um, it it's, it's what isn't a story about a Christian guy, in fact, uh, qu- quite the opposite. It's a, it's a guy named Coriolanus. Cor- I could never say it right. Coriolanus. Okay, he was top five ancient tough dudes. Coriolanus was so ferocious in battle that people couldn't stand to look at him. People would often run away just just lined up opposite him and his little unit and when he would charge he would shout so ferociously we're told that that entire units would break and run and this happened one time just giving you an idea of how rough this dude was is is this 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 whole army fled before him and went ran into their city didn't even bother to close the gates And Coriolanus and a couple of friends like captured the city, just a few of them, and so he thought Hey, if I keep on if I keep on leading the military this way, they're gonna give me the top job in Rome This is early Rome, and they they did and while he was in office he did some really nasty things to people very vindictive and that sort of thing and he ends up getting exiled and he's furious because he's like I'm Coriolanus they need to recognize, and so he goes to Rome's enemy city. And he says, "You want to get back at Rome? Follow me." And he takes an army, starts smashing Roman armies in the field until Rome's entire military was destroyed. And he's about to march on Rome. He's camped five miles outside, and panic inside of Rome is like palpable, right? And the senators are like, "Okay." We we better figure out a way to to stop him without an army. Let's let's take all the senators and we'll send a delegation, we'll beg him, we'll we'll give him honors, we'll give him his citizenship back. And and we're told by Plutarch, Coriolanus is sitting in his high seat inside of his tent. And in come all the senators and they're bowing and scraping and groveling. Please, please don't sack the city of Rome. We'll give you your citizenship back. We'll give you honors. We'll give you everything. And he says, that's too late, fellas. Why don't you go back and pick out your coffins? That's a gangster. Anyway, then they go back and they're like, well, that didn't work. And so all all the priests of Rome say, well, we'll go. Maybe he'll honor the gods of Rome. And so they come in all of their clattering, shining finery, right? They walk in the tent, and he's sitting up in his high seat. And they're begging him, in the name of the gods. And and he's like, well, maybe the gods will protect you, but I'm not going to. Bye-bye. And he sends them away. And then lastly, a delegation of women come in. And they're not dressed in any finery. They didn't hold any, any office. And he's confused. He's still sitting up in the high chair, looking haughtily down. And then, a person steps forward, dressed in rags, and it's his mother. And when Coriolanus sees his mother, he stands up out of his high chair, he gets down from his high chair, and he, he bows before her. And she says, Coriolanus, if tomorrow you sack Rome, it will be over my corpse. Like, that's some ancient mothering. You're gonna sack Rome over my dead body. She said that. And there was silence in the room for a time where he just looked up at her. And then he shouts out, you alone have defeated me. (laughs) Right? So this hard as nails, ruthless dude, what does he do? What saves the city? It's his honor for his mother. Parents are a grace from God. We need to honor our mother and father. Please pray with me. Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts and the hearts of our society a new respect for what you have ordained and meant for good and meant for our benefit and blessing. I pray that as your people, we would repent of the sin of our culture, that we would develop a new attitude and a new heart of honor towards our elders in Jesus' name.